Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Carl Hewitt is the Managing Director of Hewitt Matthews, a web and paid media agency based in Portsmouth. He says that networking events are great opportunities to work on your communication skills. Thank you very much for being my podcast guest today, Carl. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Liz. It's lovely to speak with you. Now, you're the MD of a web and paid media agency, but I believe you started your first business when you were only 15. Tell me about that. Yeah, so my uh, my first venture into sort of businessy world was yeah about fifteen, and um, my my plan was as YouTube gaming was getting bigger and bigger, and mm. the sort of I suppose the original influencers, if you like, on YouTube were becoming a thing. Everyone loved their uh, sort of custom controllers at school for the the games they were playing. So oh, yeah. I'd uh, I'd looked into how to sort of dismantle those, spray paint them, customize them, and then put them back together and sell them on. So I was trying to sort of recreate some of those ones and also make some custom designs as well and probably probably give myself some paint fumes at the same time, <laughs> which would explain a lot. <laughs> so did you make any money at it? I made a couple of quid. I sold a few controllers. It wasn't, uh, wasn't groundbreaking, but yeah, I made a little bit, which I think was, was nice, but gave me the, the flavour for it, you know? Yeah. And so what was your next business after that? So after that point, I went on to college and I saw that there was a, uh, a grant available to sort of start a business. And I, mm. again, always been an interest of mine. So my next one was a clothing brand company that I wanted to do for, for gym wear. And um, it was one of those things I was always into the gym, always loved it, still do. So I thought, well, let's kind of marry those two up. And again, yeah, started um, started trying to get a brand together for that and put together a pitch for the grant. And and that was that business. Um that one actually, I had a horrific, like before we had to do the pitch, massive like imposter syndrome, I thought, I can't do this. I'm coming up with some random brand. And I actually pulled out of the pitch last minute and I've always <laughs> thought, I wish I'd done that. Um, and then after that, went on to start a, uh, a social media marketing workshop business, which is more how we got to the stage we are now. So um, yeah, fit myself up, give it a second go, third go. And uh and did that business, which then evolved into the agency. Right. Now, I know you went to uni, but you didn't stay very long, did you? What happened there? No. So um, that was it. We, we started the, the agency at college in the second year, I believe, myself and a, a business partner, Reese. Um, we were both at college together. I was never in the plans to go to university, mm. but um, I decided to go on anyway and sort of see how it went. But where the agency had already started, that was growing. And yeah. so... We were hiring people and getting new clients and it's very difficult to say to a client or, or an employee I'm not going to make that meeting I've got my accountancy lecture or whatever it was <laughs> so um, after about six months five months I think uh, I dropped out and much to dad's dismay it was a Russell Group Union I think he thought that was mm. uh, the much safer it probably was the much safer <laughs> but um, he's very understanding now fortunately. Yeah so was that a difficult decision to make? It was. It was an interesting one. We um, we actually did it on the advice uh, of a mentor, really. I think I was really looking to take the business full time, but you often need that kind of nudge to say, mm. yeah, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And uh, it's, it is a big change. And of course, the whole family is sort of nervous when you step away from the beaten path. And yeah. uh, especially 
you know, in the theme of more this podcast with no network, you know, you're at university, you don't know anyone. Yeah. There's no fallback of, oh, you know, I worked in corporate for 20 years and I can use my contacts. Mm. Um, so a mentor of ours said, look, if you want to grow this agency, you've got to do it full time. And uh, recently I went a meeting with him and we went and stood outside in the car park and sort of discussed what he said for a while. And we reached the agreement that I'd sell my car and uh, he would he would leave his job, I'd leave my uni and we'd use the money from that to pay salaries and walk to meetings for a while. And uh, in the end, actually, we managed to onboard a few clients and, and didn't need to do that. But um, yeah, pretty soon after I dropped out of uni and, and took it full time. Yeah. So what was it that attracted you to this sector that you're working in now? Do you know what? It's it's just one of those things where I love the data side of things. I'm actually a real sort of secret data nerd. I find <laughs> it so interesting. And I love the way that the, the strategies and the methodologies of marketing, the tools available, the technology, it changes all the time. Yeah. And so there's so many different ways to track and visualize that data, generate that data in terms of new leads or clicks or impressions, you know, right down to various different sort of micro conversions. And I just find all that so interesting as to how it works together and spotting the trends and, and finding these solutions that, you know, when you look at it in a different way, might have been staring at you in the face. You've just got to kind of um, rework your your take on it. And I think that for me is is what I love about it is the continual improvement that you can make. And also it's it's never the same. You're dealing with, you're marketing to people and people are the most unpredictable thing in the world. <laughs> and what businesses want is the most predictive, predictable marketing in the world. And it's a, it's a constant challenge, but I do enjoy that. Yeah. So tell me about your, your clients. What kind of sectors are they from or is it a really broad spectrum? Yeah, it is a very broad spectrum, actually. So uh, end of last week and we announced this week we've signed Carnival UK, who are the operators of P&O Cruises and Cunard. Wow. Um, sort of one of the largest in their field, which we were really over the moon with. As a, again, they're a local brand. They're based in Southampton. Um, but we're obviously a, a Portsmouth-based company and a small agency. So to work with them was is incredible um but then we've also got small sort of startups in in various different sectors charities um public bodies universities we work with a real huge range to be honest it does vary yeah so tell me about what you do for your clients so they they come to you what's generally the problem they've got that you can help them solve yeah so what happens is clients will come to us there's usually the general gist is they want to grow the business. They want to own their revenue source a bit more. They might be reliant on a third party. So insurance is a really great place for us because a lot of people are reliant on comparison sites mm. and they want to own their own uh, you know, policy sale, lead generation uh, process. And so they may come to us for marketing around that and running Google ads usually uh, or social media ads to drive those leads and, and get conversions and sales for them. And they want that kind of reliability and control over it because it adds a lot more value to the business as a whole, as well as growing it. You know, if you're ever looking to exit or your sort of um, your, your profit at the end of the day, EBITDA is, is a massive thing for you. That's going to be important. Um, and then the other side of it is the web. So companies will come to us with websites that don't do what they need. They're too difficult to run or outdated, or they're seeing performance issues. It could be any number of things, but at the end of the day, it's all about getting their customs customers to the information they want as quickly as possible so they take the action that the client wants them to essentially mm. um and yeah it can come in many different uh, forms but it's uh, usually usually something along those lines 
Yeah. And so what difference does working with you make to your clients? Have you got any really great success stories that you can share? We do. Yeah, we've got a few really exciting ones. So um, most recently, we just finished a launch uh, of our a project with Ninja Warrior, the TV program. Mm. And uh, they have these assault course centers around the UK. And we've been doing marketing for a couple of them for a while now, um, you know, getting bookings. And if people are going on Google looking for things to do in Watford, days out for the family in Watford, you know, or, or Chatham, which are the two that we manage at the moment, um, these guys will come up and you can book with them. They recently launched their Guildford branch and we did the whole uh, digital marketing work for that. And that actually became the most successful launch uh, ever of a Ninja Warrior Park. And I think there's mm. 18 or 20 in the UK, something like that. Um, that was really exciting. They they pre-sold a huge amount of tickets, out, outranked any other uh, launch that's gone before them. But then we've also had uh, the We Are Together campaign, which is a really well-recognized campaign in, in higher education mm. throughout COVID. So um, that one was around reassuring international students as to the precautions and protocols in place at universities in the UK to encourage them to sort of continue their study plans to come mm. over to the UK because there's it's such a, a shame that people were, were deferring when actually they could have continued their studies and it was you know, the economy was already under a huge amount of stress and international study mm. is, is worth billions to the economy mm. so the the economic impact of that when we did our polling at the end as to was confidence uh, raised by the campaign amongst these international students. I think it was 67% said, yes, they felt more confident coming over. And we reached millions, tens of millions of people. So when you do the maths on, you know, a small percentage yeah, of those yeah. continuing their plans, it was hundreds of millions to the economy, which was really nice. Yeah, fantastic. And so just, just talking about the pandemic then, how, how were you affected? How was your business affected by it? Yeah, do you know, it was an interesting one. We were very nervous. I think everyone was. There was that huge pause where, you know, yeah. everyone almost sort of played uh, played statues for a bit, didn't <laughs> yeah. want to move, didn't want to breathe just to see what was happening. Um, and then it really started to, I'll be honest, we, we grew because we're digital mm-hmm. and we're online and that was really where it had to go. And so we, we did, um, one of the very few positives was we did grow during that period, um, which was obviously nice to have a uh, very fortunate I'd love to say it was good strategic planning but it's pure lottery I think is the yeah, industry yep. we were in um but again it's, it was that thing of it became so much more difficult to network and to grow that um sort of space out because you couldn't go out and meet 20 people in the evening yeah um, it had to be sort of one-to-one calls or on zoom and it just wasn't quite the same and so I think coming out the back of covid leads coming in were slowing down because we hadn't been prospecting networks mm. for for a year or so um, properly. And so we had to then ramp that back up and pick that up. So that's been a big focus uh, yeah. after COVID. Yeah. So how were you using networking prior to, to COVID? What, you know, sort of how much networking were you doing for the business? I was doing a real, real fair amount. I think because when we started the company, as I say, we were 17 when we set this up. So there was no network. It was you know, mates at school who were mm. who were studying A-levels with you. And so networking was a massive thing. And we're also in an industry where nobody trusts the marketing of a marketing company. <laughs> they want to have a recommendation because you can make yourself look great and, and that's yeah. fine. But, you know, that's, that's the thing. There's no barriers to entry. Anyone can spin up a site and say, I'm a marketer, I'm a mm-hmm. website developer. And you don't know. So that's why networking was so important to us. It wasn't even necessarily to work with the people we met, 
but just to sort yeah. of grow that name and have a face and a presence and prove we're real and we're there. And then when anyone has a requirement, we sort of come to, to the forefront of their mind. And that's been, that's been huge for us. I think our, our biggest, well, what used to be our biggest website project a few years ago, I remember came off the back of one networking event, maybe five and a half years ago. And we onboarded a very, very small monthly retainer client. Mm-hmm. They recommended us to a larger monthly retainer client who then wanted a website and a brand. And then they recommended us to a large e-commerce business. And that was over the course of like three and a half years. Yeah. And and people just don't give it enough time. So I think yeah. that's really the thing for us and how it's impacted our business is giving it time but being consistent with it and patient. Yeah. Um, huge. Yeah, absolutely. So when the um when the lockdown happened, did you did you switch straight away to online net networking? Yeah, we, we did actually. We went pretty quickly into that. We were always uh, big on I like a one to one Zoom meeting with someone to understand their company, see what they do and then, you know, learning that as opportunities come in you could start to, to pass those out to people that you think will genuinely be good for it. So we were already doing a fair amount of that. Um, so it was a fairly natural progression for us where we've always wanted to be more of a, a national international agency. So yeah, we fairly quickly adopted that and it was a, a good quick transition, but I think the, the events themselves needed to kind of, uh, take that time and, and have that time mm-hmm. to learn how to be run properly, you know? Yeah. 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 There was a sort of bit of a catching up period, wasn't there? <laughs> there <laughs> where, was. Where people were le- learning how to use Zoom and how to make the best of the, the new situation, I suppose. Exactly. And I think we've all heard the horror stories of people not understanding how microphones or cameras get turned <laughs> oh, on and yeah. off <laughs> and, uh, and things like that. So there were some logistics that you could tell the early events just needed the opportunity to be ironed out a bit more. But pretty soon after it was it was fairly plain sailing yeah so what what's your sort of networking situation now what are you still doing online do you do face-to-face you're doing a mixture how much are you doing yeah I'm doing a real uh, it's, it's all face-to-face at the moment a lot of it you know online networking for me is now kind of anyone who I come across on LinkedIn who I love their work or I find they're doing interesting or I find them interesting as an individual you know I'll just I'll tell them and see if we can have a conversation mm. so that's kind of my online networking um but in person, yeah, doing a good amount of that at the moment, we are really putting an emphasis on growing our network in London specifically. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in London, you know, the last, I've been there for the last five working days of the, of the last two weeks. Or so um, pretty much most days, half, half the time I'm up in London, networking events, meeting people, trying to sort of establish a base there. Um, you're sort of doing three networking events a week, roughly two to three. Um, which has been really good so far. I met some, you know, really nice people, and I think that's that's going to be uh, a fruitful exercise over the next sort of six to twelve months. Yeah. Now, I, I imagine that you're probably among the the younger end of the people that are networking. Why would you recommend for other sort of young and your business startups to get going with networking? I think there's a, there's so many benefits, isn't there, to, to networking? And and you're right. I think I am usually the younger end of the spectrum but there's certainly younger people than me there you know last night I was in London and um, there was a guy there who's sort of I think 21 22 trying to get into property for his own company and mm. stuff and it's, it's amazing to see it I think it's much more common now but um, yeah there's there's so many benefits I think for one it's the case of you are forced to be more sociable and work on your communication skills 
and ask questions and you get that sort of live feedback as to how good you are at engaging someone and getting through to them. And that's a real skill. And not being good at that is not a, a slight to anyone. When All of us are not good at that at the mm, start. Yep. But you have to start to get better. And I think it's that case of you just get it on repeat. You get over and over opportunities to refine and work on your communication skills. And you also, as virtue, kind of have to find a way to get your business across in a really succinct and clear manner. Yep, because yep. they're speaking to so many people that evening. But the thing is, if you can get it across to one person properly, really in, in a short, clean way that doesn't sound insanely rehearsed and, and salesy, <laughs> yeah. what's going to happen is they'll remember you and you may have met 10 people that night, but those 10 people will meet a thousand people in the next year. Yeah. And therefore you're meeting all those people with them because they've remembered what you said and what you do. And yeah. when an opportunity comes up, you will be the one that comes to mind. And I think that again, is a skill that, that can be developed through networking and it's difficult to develop elsewhere. You can yeah. practice yeah. in theory, but yeah, yeah, it's different when you're there. Absolutely. So I, I think another great networking opportunity, and I know you've had one recently, is um, business awards. So tell me about the award that you were up for and and what, what site it was that you were um, nominated for. Yeah, yeah. So we were, we were up for um, UK Development Awards uh, 2023, and we were nominated in the third sector award for a website we built with uh, a few different charities. It was uh, Refugee Education UK, Universities of Sanctuary and Student Action um, a Charity. I can't remember the last name, but STAR is uh, abbreviated to. And the website was about, essentially, you have refugees from around the world and it started with the, the war in Ukraine. Mm. And then we sort of thought, well, actually, this is a wider issue whereby people are being displaced at various points through their life, either they're midway through higher education mm-hmm. or looking to start it or go back to it, whatever it may be, but they get displaced and, and suddenly they're without that. And actually that's such a valuable um, place to be in higher education, not just you know commercially as a person getting a job, but mentally and emotionally having a something to be a part of mm. and a, a place to belong as a university. It's so, it's so, so important, especially in that situation. So we built this website where, Refugees can come onto the site and universities can do the same. And universities register themselves and all of their opportunities are open to refugees mm. um, at various different levels, subjects, um, various different uh, nationalities, etc. And then refugees can come on, essentially search for what they want, look for the opportunities and apply through the site and get in touch with these universities. And we've had huge uptake. There's, there's been, you know, University of Oxford, one of the unis on there, there's I think there was 57 universities in the UK offering uh, refugee opportunities and well over half of those, or maybe 75% now, signed up. Wow. And it's um, it's been a really great exercise. So, yeah, that's really exciting, seeing the usage of that site and and how that's that's changing people's lives, which I absolutely love. I think those projects are the best. So yeah. that was very, um, yeah, very kind of them to nominate us for that. We won Silver Award. We came second to a very worthy project um, which was absolutely outstanding as well so um, yeah it's really really nice evening yeah well, congratulations yeah it's a, an amazing project that you've worked on and you know definitely deserve a, an award for that and, and and did you find that that it was a good networking opportunity while you were there yeah absolutely really did so those awards are brilliant we we went to the uk agency awards and we won there actually in 2021 oh, well done <laughs> um, thank you yeah and um, that was again 
sat next to another agency owner, chatted with him for a while. He was a specialist in a certain sector that actually, you know, if it comes to us and we know someone who's better, we'd rather send it on. Mm-hmm. So anything that was that specialist space, we moved on to, to him. Eventually ended up working together and doing the, the Google ads for his agency. And he became a client of ours. And that was over the course of a couple of years. And, um, you know, again, at this most recent award, sat next to a really incredible new bank that is like really shaping the way of, of uh, loaning and, and credit cards and it's, mm. it was such an interesting concept and they won I think they won like five awards that evening for oh. the work <laughs> and the projects and apps they've got um so it was really really interesting and I was chatting to the sort of um chief transition officer there around how they work and, and what their projects are and we're connected on LinkedIn and we'll stay up to date and no doubt we'll, we'll catch up again so yeah really well worth going to those and, and seeing who's around the table yeah, definitely. So just finally then, Carl, if people want to know more about you or the company, Hewitt Matthews, and the work that you're doing, what's the best way for them to find you and get in touch? The best way to get in touch with me is either to just straight up email me at carl at hewittmatthews.co.uk. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn and just under Carl Hewitt as usual. And if not, there's our website as well, which is hewittmatthews.co.uk and all the phone numbers, contact forms and email addresses will be on there as well. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for being my guest. I really enjoyed our conversation and uh, the best of luck with your business and uh, any other rewards that you enter this year. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.